Welcome to Log It, another movie podcast. I am Caleb. I am here with my good friend, Ian. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Who is that? Hulk? Hogan? No, that was like a, like a radio DJ. That was kind of... Or uh, Bonesaw. 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 No, yeah, that was just um, just a persona I was going I liked for. It. I like it. Okay, good. This is episode three. Oh, my gosh. We are recording in person. That's right. I'm looking at Caleb right now. In in person. It is so nice doing this. It'll be fun to see how it goes. Um, I, I like not looking at my face on the screen. I like looking at your face. So, <laughs> Ditto. so this works um, out. Yeah, this is great. Uh, so very excited to be here. Um, Ian. What's up, man? I had a little bit of drama this week oh no you were looking at my letterbox okay i was trying i try not to i don't want i don't want to uh i watched five movies i think in a day it was yeah. a saturday and i had nothing to do and i love days where i can just kind of hang out and watch movies i like we're having this conversation on the podcast <laughs> I, I think it's good that we're airing this out actually are you making fun of me no i'm being serious. okay good yeah. um I wasn't offended, but you um, you were like, wow, you're watching a lot of movies. And I was like, well, I like movies. So this is this is what happened. This is where I'm at. I boxed myself into these rules, Caleb. So the whole point, not the whole point, but a big part of the podcast and with Letterboxd is showing your recent activities, which is your last four. Because of that, I've kind of backed myself into a corner and I tell myself I'm only committing to four movies per record i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna go above that amount got it for me that i feel like that's a good amount now when i see you stepping outside those boundaries it's not it's not me getting mad at you it's more me checking myself just being like whoa ian this is what like caleb can do whatever he wants you don't have to yeah you don't have to um put your own personal baggage onto him but i think for me you know, I, I liked I liked the four movies a week. I would like to know why why you, uh, not why, but like, do you, why so many movies, Caleb? Yeah, great question. Um, I hear you. Sometimes I do. So it, it can be tricky. We, you said this to me. We kind of put ourselves in a box mm. with this last four. I'm trying really hard not to let the podcast affect my movie watching habit. Cause part of me is like, well, you can't start watching like cool movies right before the podcast, just cause you want to look cool. Like I have to keep it real. I watched die hard four times. <laughs> no, I get that. Again, this is my own personal baggage. I, I think you need to do you totally. And that's what the podcast is about. Movie baggage. Is it movie journeys, which you need baggage for. So we already delved into how I choose movies. Right, and the chaotic nature that that creates. But I kind of like the idea of just being like, well, this is the movie I'm going to watch and I'm going to talk about it regardless if I liked it or not. I, kind of, I like that part excites me about kind of the movie journey that I'm, that I'm going on personally. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think, I think there's just um, overall, I think this podcast, we, we both kind of want it to be about just us watching movies as much as it is about us 
talking about the movies. And the more I think about it, it's a movie conversation podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And and anybody everybody can comment on a movie, but only we can give our opinions because we're only us right i think that's I not exactly what i meant to at. say yeah. but <laughs> you know what I, we're bringing us to the podcast which is the ultimately our our our, our unique selling point right. this is a very therapeutic start to the podcast i'm Good. enjoying this but yeah i i think in terms of like how many movies you watch uh during a record or before a record rather i think it's fine i think again it's it's more me putting my own personal rules on to you i think you should do what you want to do you should watch as however many movies you want and i just will i will have to accept that regardless thank you um no i appreciate that i think just in general i'm not a very social media person Mm. and so to me it was like oh i forgot the public is seeing what my saturday is because that day was basically all movies so if you saw my letterbox you basically knew what my day was Right. Yeah, exactly. See, I'm not trying to post three movies in a day. That might make me look like a hermit. But uh, I posted six in a day, Ian. You realize you just called me a hermit plus see, three I movies. That. I didn't actually see that. Okay, you that's okay. Six movies in a day? Yeah, that was the day you texted me when you were like, you watch birds too? Oh boy. This is, uh, <laughs> this is troubling, Caleb. This is troubling. This wasn't meant to be a full call out, but it's become one, and that's okay. Well, you um, put this out on yourself, and also it's for the whole world to see. No, but I don't. I'm proud of. Um, I love movies. If I have a day, if I have a day free with my wife, and we're both just looking to hang out and have a good time, good. we will watch movies back to back all day. I'll Watch cook you. dinner. We'll watch another one. It's wonderful. I love okay. those days. I we'll love go for that. walks between them and stuff. We get outside. Right, right, right. So I love that. So. I am also happily married, but when you, okay, so when you watch a movie with your wife, is she watching it, watching it, or is she working and watching it? So it, yeah, yeah. So it depends on the movie and the time. Um, Most likely if it's a big day like that, she'll be doing other stuff. Um, She uh, does art. She actually did the uh, wonderful podcast logo we have. Um, Shout out her. uh... So yeah, that, so um, her Instagram is Sunflower Pop Shop. Um, she does a lot of really cool art. I'm obviously a big fan of hers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she did our, our logo and any variations you see of that logo. But so yeah, so she draws a lot. So a lot of them she'll be watching just like kind of background while she does other things. And I'm kind of really watching. Um, does that bother you? It depends. Like last night we watched Us Together and she... Um, watched it with me okay good. and that was like a full if she if we're like having a movie night where it's like oh i made dinner and we're gonna sit and watch a movie and then she's doing things i'm like a little like yeah i think yeah when I, whenever alex is doing work and um she's like you can you can watch a movie i'm a little like well and and if it's a movie i want to share with her that's when it gets a little tricky because i'm like oh i don't want to watch this while you're you know working and also again you know she has work to do you know so like she should be able to do that and again my my own personal baggage coming back up on the podcast um, yeah life is always a priority that's true that's true well sp- speaking of last four caleb hit me hit me with yours baby yeah i'd love to jump into the last four so my uh 
fourth last watch, the farthest away was The Birds. After we talked Psycho last week, I got really excited and ended up watching a few other, uh, revisiting a few of those. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we said enough last week. Great movie. Um, Darby O'Gill and the Little People was the next movie I watched. This is one when I was talking about my conflicts of last four. This is one I really wanted to push out of my last four, but I didn't have time. Um, I enjoyed it. It was fine. I like watching old Disney movies. I've been kind of on a hankering to watch uh, some of those. Yeah. Interestingly, that director also directed Mary Poppins and uh, oh. Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh, personal favorite of mine. Love Bed Knobs. Oh, dude, we should do. This might be. Uh, yep. This no. Might be- no, uh talk list being um that love that one and mary poppins is also a wonderful movie so it was fun it was fun watching that he did a few others that you've heard of like uh herbie mm, uh, goes around which is a sequ- it was the sequel i think actually to that one okay. um and he did the love bug uh old yeller um oh wow a disney staple a live action disney yeah he was the guy he was doing it robert stevenson um and um one interesting thing i'll say special effects were incredible actually they did like miniatures like small uh shrunken people with normal sized people which usually looks horrible like even into the 90s there's some movies that do not look good Uh, like indian the cupboard can be a little rough Mm -hmm. this movie looked awesome i don't know how they did it but the special effects were incredible like genuinely uh so check it out for that my next one was drop dead gorgeous from 1999 Mm. that was directed by Michael Patrick Jan, that was really good. Um, it was kind of a precursor to the mockumentary TV shows of today. Um, uh, like Talking Heads? Yeah, and just like a, a cast, a fake cast. Like if you've ever seen oh, a um, Christopher Guest movie. <laughs> Come on, man. I grew up on those movies. This is like very similar to that Christopher Guest 90s documentary, mockumentary thing. Yes. Oh, dude. for Guffman classics, yeah. So uh, that was a fun one. I love it. Uh, it's one of my wife's favorite. And it's on HBO Max right now. Oh, good to know. So if you're interested in checking it out, grab it while it's on HBO Max and watch. It's very funny. My last one was our movie of the week, Us, 2019, Jordan Peele. I've seen this one a few times. According to Letterboxd, this was my fifth time seeing it. Wow. And this is your recommendation. It was mine. I, I really like it. Um, um, and I'm excited to talk about it. Me I too. think it's kind of jordan peele's overlooked like ugly stepchild but it's um one of his better movies i think well we'll get it they're all good yeah we'll get into it so those are my last four a little long-winded but ian what did you watch oh buddy here we go so as caleb said we both watched the birds i think after that psycho talk do we have another double yeah i watched the birds i didn't even realize no again so we did double double alfred hitchcock's last week we got hitched wow dude how fun is that yeah we are yeah i had a hankering for some hitchcock so i watched the birds 1963 a really cool film i was i was more interested because when we were talking about psycho you were comparing it versus the birds in terms of um uh this has a lot more like special effects like wrapped into the movie so yeah. i'm kind of interested to see kind of the differences between the movie but i actually We'll talk about, it, but I, I I liked I liked it. I didn't think they aged uh, that poorly. After that, I watched two twenty twenty ones, the Green Knight, directed by David Lowry. It was a very, very uh, wild ride of a movie. Extremely beautiful, uh, starring Dave pa- De- Dev Patel. Excuse me, David Lowry. He's done some uh, some of the. Um, 
the Disney remake movies recently. So he he did the Green Knight, which I heard was actually supposed to be like the best of the best of a bad bunch. But he also just recently did Peter Pan and Wendy. Wait, what did he do? You said he did the Green Knight, but I think you meant to say a Disney movie that he did. Oh, I'm sorry, the Green Dragon. Ah, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah. Cool. So he did okay. The Green Dragon, and then which was a a Disney uh, animated movie from back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, but he did the remake, right? The remake, yeah. Uh, after that, I watched Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy from 1982. Very fun movie that I've never seen before. Okay, cool. Um, it's kind of dark, right? It is dark, and uh, but it's I would say it's there's like more lightheartedness. I mean, the overall movie is like a dark subject, but there there's some light tones to it that I really enjoyed. It was a fun watch, and then finally, we watched Us. Us, great movie really good um cool well i like uh i love that um green knight i really have you seen it want to watch oh man it's it's one that's been on my list since i think when you came out you were really pumped about it we almost saw it together if i remember we talked about it yeah i was really excited about the movie i'm really i was um i've always kind of been a a big uh a fan a fantasy guy Big, big fantasy guy yep. right here. I love King Arthur. I love kind of like the whole mythology that's wrapped up into that. And this movie, it's based on a 14th century poem, anonymously written. No one knows who wrote it, but he essentially just took that, created, there's been a few movies about it in the past, but this seems to be like very true to the work, to the poem. Just the way the story is told, it feels very true to the to the written word but it's it's an extremely beautiful movie like all the set design the characters um and like the way they use color it's a truly gorgeous film it's a little like it's a little not like heady it's very it's like steeped in like analogies and like metaphors but uh very poetic i mean it's literally based on a poem but it seems like the film based how it was presented in the trailers it looks very um um like uh, i think of the right word symbolic ethereal it's much more of a vibe piece than uh yeah is that right for sure yeah it's very ethereal it kind of remi- i mean it has um it's not similar in any way but it just popped in my head because i recently saw it but it kind of i couldn't help but think of the northman by robert eggers um they kind of they're not similar stories at all but they kind of have that same like like one is steeped in like North myth- North mythology, whereas this one is like Arthurian legend, and it, you do see some parallels between the two. But yeah, it's awesome. It's 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 kind of a weird f- film to like wrap your head around, but yeah, just like the imagery itself is is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome. It looked beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. Very, I'll say, it looked very unique too, because there's a lot of fantasy epics that come out now that have a flavor that aren't very interesting to me. But it looked like they really did a, a great job of making it like unique and like um, very grounded. The look, the, the look of most of the special effects I saw were very like grounded. I mean, it is grounded. There's like some like high fantasy aspects to the movie. But visually, I mean, like they did a good job right. of making it all believable, kind For of. For sure, yeah, yeah. To pull one of our favorite uh, special effects references, Ant Man, you felt like you were in a set on in a room the whole movie. For sure, no, yeah, you I never was felt watching- most. Yeah, I was watching a behind the scenes for the movie and one of the shots in the film they were talking about oh David Lowry was talking about how in order to get 
some of the wide shots he wanted and like what what they would do before digital photography they would do like matte paintings in order to enlarge the picture right they would just like actually paint on the rest of the uh basically fill out the the camera the empty frame kind of uh so they did that for for a specific scene i'm not sure if it was for through um for the whole movie but you can kind of see that you can see like those really nice kind of like aesthetic touches it's not all like digital glob there is like a really nice balance of cgi and like practical effects and including the titular green knight played by um oh god i forgot his name oh ralph innocent i believe his name is he's um okay he was in uh in a bunch of movies but he like his voice is so like not menacing but just it sounds so like uh i don't know any other word besides old like kind of just like like his his voice carries a lot of weight and the character the green knight in the in this movie they portray him as like a literal like a man made out of wood like mm-hmm. a big knight just completely like made like looks like he was like carved out of wood it's cool really, it's really cool design um but yeah his his voice acting so he sounds like an ancient exactly. tree like basically essentially it um obvious connection but it, it it sounds similar to how gimli did the end where it was this the kind exactly. of like ancient very deep... like also a quick little thing that i thought was really cool joel edgerton is in this movie love him love him he's a great actor but he was he actually played gawain in a movie that i loved as a middle schooler called king arthur with clive owen yeah was that the one with Karen knightley as well yeah she plays genevieve yeah i love that movie it was it was that movie was actually directed by um antoine fuqua antoine fuqua who did like training days yeah he directed this movie which is insane it's a really I, look i love that movie i loved it when i was younger i don't remember it very well but i, but I saw historically it. accurate like king arthur is like almost he has like roman roman vibes like all the knights do but joel edgerton plays gawain in that movie i thought that was and then he's in the green knight i, don't know, I just thought it was no that's cool that's weird last i'll say about it beautiful movie i think it's kind of like us i think it's a movie that deserves revisiting yeah um because again there's like so many like like just the way they use characters color just like even the camera work you're like okay there's like some there's like a reason to why they're doing this you know um so i i think it's i thought it was a beautiful i love this movie it was great yeah i want to watch it this is a good uh watch list this is a good um push for me to watch because i've been wanting to I, I think it's streaming somewhere is that correct right now i'm on a library kick it's really fun it's kind of fun just to kind of go to your local library kind of sift through the catalog and just be like Picking this one, picking this one. So I, I implore you guys to go to your local library and rent your movies there, especially if they're not streaming. I think we're now, especially with, like, I don't want to get my soapbox, but with the writer strike, you know, I don't want to, I'm not saying cancel your streaming services. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is cancel your streaming services. I'm just kidding. I don't advocate this at all. I would never advocate this. This is more <laughs> of a warning. But Ian has a big DVD stack right there. And it's fun. you know. It's, it's fun. fun. And I'm just saying, there are people in this world who have the audacity 
to buy DVD drives and download a program that allows them to rip those movies onto their computer digitally or onto another DVD. And then they have those movies on their computer forever. Again, I don't advocate this. I'm putting this out as a warning. Like, don't do this. This is like those commercials before when you would rent movies from Blockbuster and it's like, you wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal whatever. But would you steal like a movie? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I would actually. It's actually the easiest of all the options you just gave me is to steal. I will steal a movie. Um, Did not scare me straight. That's all I'm saying. No, if anything. Yeah. They, they, yeah. So I would never advocate um, ripping movies and keeping them digitally, but so, Caleb, we have to address this because it's happened once again where you and I have both seen the same movie unintentionally. Yeah, this is crazy. It makes sense. We both were in a little bit of a um, right. a psycho. We got hitched. Yeah, we got yeah. Hitched. We're cockheads, Caleb. <laughs> you got hitched. I got cocked. <laughs> yeah. But, okay, so, because like I said before, or what you said before, rather, about the comparisons between Psycho and The Birds. What did you think this time? Okay. So another movie that got pushed off, which I'll only reference, I won't cheat, but I'm just going to tell you this was also in my head watching The Birds. I watched Rear Window right before I watched The Birds. Um, This is part of my nice day. And Rear Window is one of my, me and my wife's favorites, like um, Lazy Day movies. Um, Jimmy Stewart in a wheelchair. So good. And so just good. the the windows and just the, the vibe. Hmm. You're introduced to all these people in apartments. Sure. Um, and it's just this nice, it's a nice little world. So I watched that right before I watched this after. So last week on the podcast, if you listened, I talked about how, um, to me, Psycho and Rear Window are above birds. Because I feel like the birds' uh, special effects, while you know revolutionary and super innovative and um, incredible for the time, are... are not great for me now and um can um take me out of the movie sometimes um and i stand by that i think rear window and psycho are perfect movies basically they're a lot more subtle yeah a lot more subtle like um and they to their to their benefit they don't rely a ton on special effects um and which just don't don't age well generally there were some things in the birds that i actually did enjoy in terms of special effects though because i was reading that Hitchcock kind of used a variety of different things to blend um, the birds, basically. So he used actual birds. I believe he used like robotic mechanisms that were dressed as birds. And then another one, which I don't remember. But I actually, I didn't think there's a few scenes where it really does take you out of it. But then there's a couple. They're horrifying, right? Oh, scary. Killed. There's a scene where towards the end of the movie mitch brenner one of our characters it's kind of like you remember that scene in harry potter where the letters from hogwarts are kind of rushing through the uh through the, ch- the chimney and windows and everything yeah same thing but birds which is horrifying horrifying that scene has i i thought about that too while i was watching that yeah. scene has to be inspired by the birds right no. just for the record no, all right no. keep going christopher columbus noted that and he was like i'm gonna turn yeah I'm I can make it magical. Children. No, but there's the scene where birds are basically trying to get through a boarded up, boarded up door. And Caleb, Mitch Brenner 
literally strangles a bird and it looks real yeah and the reason i was like wait a second could that have been a real bird is because i did not see no birds were harmed in the making i did not see a pita stinger at the end (laughs) yeah which concerned me a little bit i was hoping those were fake birds but caleb he was throttling a bird it was insane yeah i think he punched a bird it was crazy i doubt it was real i hope so but i also hey it was the 60s baby yeah some of the some of the bird stuff was a little it's there's a another scene where basically everyone is out in a uh out playing you know just on a field birds come yeah they start die bombing them this is the birthday party is that right yeah and there's when a bird like strikes them it, the camera yeah. i don't know if it cuts away or not but then you'll just see like basically a red streak on their arm uh-huh. they've been cut and i'm like okay well that looks bad that's not yep. how, that's not how wounds work yeah like that stuff was like very of its time yeah i think i don't know other than that but i i could see what you mean i could see like i could see that there, like, there's a scene specifically I can think of that looks really bad, mm. where the kids are running through the street, dude, so bad. And there's just the the overlay of birds it's... put over the top, and they're just like repeating loops, kind of. Yes, that part to me is just like, oh, yeah. yeah. And I imagine at the time it was probably a it's really exciting, event. horrifying scene, yeah. and you probably weren't as aware. Exactly. So it's like that's what I mean, where I'm like, I can't. It's hard for me to experience it the way that was intended. I can appreciate it. Psycho, I feel like I can kind of appreciate the way it was meant to be. Right. Minus knowing the big twist. Yeah. But I don't think it's as bad as like um another movie that I just thought of while thinking of just special effects on aging well is uh the second mummy movie when the rock becomes yeah. a scorpion king. Scorpion king, uh like it's not that bad, right? Like I like that the birds isn't that bad? No, no, no. no. I think in comparison to those no. movies, like that that actually the birds actually for me, ages better than... Oh, totally. Like, and the birds... CGI character. Yeah. And I have to make it clear. When I say Rear Window and Psycho are above birds in my mind, I'm speaking strictly as a movie watcher. Right. Where... Um, I mean... And it's like... It's like a... It's like a, they're tied. And that's just like what pushes it slightly over. It's 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 definitely not Birds is so rewatchable. It's so worth a watch. It's a great movie. When she is trapped in the bedroom upstairs. Quick question, Caleb. Yeah. Why did she go up to that bedroom? Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to No. Really... Because so the scene you're about to talk about, this is right after a bunch of birds were attacking their home. In right? the chimney, right? right? This is after the chimney scene. Bingo. And then she hears like I ha I watch this with closed captionings just so I get a better read of the movie. And for whatever reason I just do that now. And I'll do that for the rest of my life. But the caption says fluttering. So she hears something, she hears fluttering wings, and then she goes up to investigate. Why would you do that? Why would you go up to a room and open the door? yeah that's a bad movie trope that i just like you're you're going towards danger yeah walk away away. anyway i'd have to watch it again that's a good point there are i mean yeah that definitely feels like something um 
again, that's kind of become a trope now in the suspense world of like, oh, what's that noise? Let me investigate. We're like, why? Well, like, also, what what they're not the movie's not going to be like, oh, I hear something and then walk away, right? She's yeah. going to walk towards the danger because that's movie magic. That scene was <laughs> terrifying to me as a child, and I just her imagine. blocking the door with her lifeless body. Dude. And nobody can help her because she fell in front of the door. It was. It's still to this. When I watch it t- this week, I was stressed out. Oh yeah. Scene and just Mitch like, get her. Like get her, Mitch. Come yeah, on. and she's definitely got real birds doing clawing. That, and I was gonna say some of those scenes, like they look legit. I think so. I think there's there's a lot of great stuff, and they did it better than Birdemic, which had you know forty. I years. did get Birdemic vibes, which was a but. Um, you know the character you were talking about. Um, one of the main actors. Or one of the main characters, rather. Melanie Daniels, who plays... She's, like, on the cover art. She's the one getting attacked by the birds. Yeah. Her name... The actress's name. Tippi Hedren. Yep. First movie. No way. Yeah, this is her first movie. Alfred Hitchcock, I think... I don't know if he... um, I guess she was a model before this. Interesting. She was awesome. She did such a good job in this movie. And she is um, somebody else's mother. Oh, really? She is... Um, Tippi Hedren. I don't know. I'm blanking. This is going to be bad because oh, we've been talking so it. much about... She is the mother of Melanie Griffith. Yes, but it's not redhead Melanie Griffith. It's a different Melanie Griffith, actually. You're right. Because then Melanie Griffith is the mom of Fifty Shades of Grey, Dakota Johnson. Oh, so she's a, Tippi Hedren is the grandmother of Dakota Johnson. Also, kind of cool note, this is not ironic, but... Uh, she started a wildlife habitat in 1983. Pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Hmm. Where? Um, you know, Shambhala Preserve. Don't know where that is. Cool. But just um, interesting because she was in a movie where she got attacked by birds, and now she's saving birds. Kind of full circle. I wonder if that introduced her into this um world. Maybe, that maybe she... she saw how, the way birds were being treated, and she was like, "I got to save these birds." This is all Alfred Hitchcock's fault. Um, she's also in To Catch a Thief, um, mm-hmm. which is another great Hitchcock movie. I really like that one. Rebecca, I've seen. I don't remember it super well, but I didn't realize she was in that. Um, this movie's also on Netflix for anyone that wants to watch it. Just heads up. Sorry, you can cut that out. That's okay. Yeah, no, no, that's no. We need to start doing that. We're gonna try to tell you guys where you can watch these. Always check the library. All right, on to our feature film for the week. Us, Jordan Peele, 2019. Um, this uh, was his second movie. Get Out was his first. Nope was his third. Excited to talk about this one. Ian, can you give us a, a rundown? So Us revolves around a character named Adelaide Wilson and her family. Uh, they take a trip to Santa Cruz where Adelaide uh, has a traumatic experience as a child. Uh, they are... They encounter a mysterious family who look exactly like them. They're their doppelgangers, essentially. And they um, they terrorize the family, right? Am I right or am I wrong? They are um, clone literal copies, carbon exactly, copies. Exactly. Well, with a little, should I say, shadow to them, a little dark side. Right, so they terrorize the Wilsons, but as the as the movie kind of unfolds, you realize that they're not just these random people, but they're like essentially dark reflections of the family. So each family member has their own 
um, what they call their tethered or like a dark shadow uh, personality. Um, and then the movie kind of just unravels from there where the Wilsons have to escape. They have to, they have to, uh, I guess like battle their tethered. And then, um, yeah, some, some twists and turns throughout the movie. Uh, what do you, how'd I do? That was great. No, I think that's perfect. Yeah. So, um, basically a family, uh, being attacked by like evil, like, um, copies. Yeah. yeah. What's the classic, what do they call it? Dark side, the dark universe version. Um, Ooh, I don't know. Cause that was like an old trope in TV shows, like the evil version of a character would show up and fight people. So interesting. Um, like almost like take over their lives, but the, yeah, no, it was just like a full on, like, like it was like the idea I think was like, it was the evil universe version. So like Superman from an evil oh, a universe. Um, bizarro. Is bizarro, bizarro. Bizarro. World? Yes. Right. So these are kind of like their bizarro. But with that, it was more like the complete opposite. Like this isn't a complete, this is just like. The that's true. Yeah, that's true. And, and, and you could, you could probably call it the id. It's like their id, right? Now, now we're getting somewhere. Yeah. Because it, it kind of represents their like deepest, darkest, like caveman. Hey, real quick, real quick. That's it going right over my head. Did it? <laughs> what? Did it? Did it? Oh, sure, <laughs> sure, just sure. A pud. Yes, the no. It is just like um, it's like the inner caveman. You know how like but they're not cave. Okay, yeah. Okay, I agree. Okay, kind of though, but they represent that because they they are like um. Like the one, the dad keeps trying to push up his glasses, even though he doesn't have glasses. Oh, interesting. And it kind of more becomes this like tick, like this torturous tick for him where he's trying to push up glasses that he never actually has. Got it. And um, I guess it doesn't play to it um, Let's delve more into this. <laughs> no, but like they are just basically the dark. They're they're almost like zombies. Like not, I want to say zombies. this is a good thing to dive into. We should take a minute to figure out what they are, because in in the movie, so a little bit of a spoiler, they're clones. We find out, right? Um, and there's the either beginning a... of the movie. Sorry to cut you off. Caleb. No, go ahead, go ahead. I'm so sorry. I'll no, never please, do it again. Please. But the beginning of the movie, <laughs> yeah, right. it kind of <laughs> jokes on you. At the beginning of the movie, um, it gives you uh, a couple a couple quick facts about there being like thousands of miles right. of, of tunnels, unused subway subway tunnels uh, underground in the United States. So it kind of like sets you up with that knowledge to kind of have that be in the back of your head. Which is true outside of the context of the film. That's, right. that is a fact. There's tons of underground stuff that's been abandoned. Right. But then, yeah, they, they essentially have these, these clones, puppets, whatever that kind of, they like mimic what the above ground society is. Yeah, uh, and again, we'll go back to this. The movie calls them shadows. Shadow kind of works to me because it's almost like a literal shadow of what's happening above, right. but just like a, a lifeless, detailless, formless version of it. Right. Yeah. So I think that's an app. Okay. Um, real quick, Caleb, before we before we delve into more of the story mm. plot, real quick. Yeah. So Lupita Nyong'o plays yeah. not the titular us. She plays one of the us. Yes. <laughs> when did we get to the end of the synopsis yet? Well, did you talk about the the big twist? Well, let's want to get into the twist. Well, uh, just to do, if we're getting into Lupita, yeah, we should do the twist. That's what I want to get into. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about how 
how amazing she is. She is incredible in this movie. Okay, so we can get into the twist. So, so as I said before, this movie, uh, each each basically it, it insinuates that every person in America has an evil twin essentially living underground, right? Yeah. Lupita's whose character's name Adelaide, we'll call her Addie, because that's what they call her in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, her doppelganger, her shadow, escapes along with the family, her the Wilson family. They escape. They attack. They attack um, the Wilsons. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of the story goes from there, and then um, before before all this happens, they're taking a trip to Santa Cruz. Do we even get into the beginning of the movie? I don't think we touched on that. The movie opens up in 1986. Young Addie and her family um, are on a trip on the Santa Cruz boardwalk. I love that it's in Santa Cruz, by the way. I love that. Um, and they are, you know, the parents are fighting, classic. She's kind of just like aimlessly, you know, following her parents, kind of taking in all of her surroundings. But something catches her attention and she goes into kind of like a, like a fun house, kind of like a hall of mirrors. And she gets a little scared, tries to leave, tries to escape. Yeah. But as she's leaving, she sees what she thinks is her reflection only to realize that it's her. Right. And then it cuts the the movie cuts from there. And then it cuts to basically them leaving the boardwalk arguing because they're, they're saying you should have watched the dot you should have watched her um another thing that they kind of throw in there which kind of it ties in the movie it's not a huge part of the movie actually it is towards the end but they the they go see a therapist the therapist tells the parents you know um really tried to uh ingrain like writing dancing and the dancing thing will come up later um but anyway so the parents uh, so then it takes uh, the movie picks up, uh, however many years later, and the family is taking a trip to Santa Cruz. She's married. She has two kids now. Seems to be adjusted pretty well. Yeah, yeah, she's talking. It's great. So you just you know that her character has gone through something. She doesn't want to revisit it, and this is why the reveal is is really really cool. You assume something bad happened to her, caused by the tether or the underground version of her when she was a child right Right. and that's what she's avoiding what actually happens what was actually happening that night when she was a kid yeah so basically what happens is as we said there's like a tunnel system where all these people all these doppelgangers um representations of people above ground and what happens and they kind of they they don't give it what they tell you at the end of the movie uh the doppelganger switches she takes Addie, basically handcuffs her to the underground bed. To, to the underground, and then she is the one that kind of takes leaves. her spot above ground. Exactly, and that's the character throughout the whole movie. So we thought we were following. Yeah, fucking wild. I, I, for whatever you know, this I, is your first time seeing it, right? This time we today. You, when you watch it today, I guess I should have assumed that was the twist. I don't know why they didn't really telegraph. Like it feels telegraphed now that you that now that you know. Because like, obviously, what else would have happened other than what I thought when I saw the movie myself the first time was just that she saw that it was her that freaked her out. She got she got out of there, and then but also that you would uh, 
that's completely um that that also works like that it, works it checks story, out right yep until you know exactly until there's you know. no reason to question it until right. you know the reveal right um I have a lot of thoughts. I, I I kind of I feel like I'm just rambling. Well, here. yeah, I think that was a great catch up, and the and the um. So to to fully appreciate because Lupita, this is why we're Lupita's talking about performance it. as yes. an actress. Not only is she doing these two different roles, but both role both roles work yeah. on so many levels. So this is one of my favorite types of films to watch because. What type it, of film is that? What do you mean? It has so many layers mm. and so much depth to everything in it that it changes each time you watch it. Mm-hmm. So the first time I watched this, it was a movie about a family being attacked by these like monster versions of themselves. Right, that's what it is on sur- on the surface, on the surface right? right. And that's that's the ride you get, and you're fully. I got a full. But that's movie. also like really a, like that's that's great. It's a great ride. And then you get the reveal and you're like, whoa. Mm -hmm. You watch it again knowing the reveal. Uh And now your perspective is shifting because you go into it being like, oh, I know she's still the tells. She's still the bad guy, though. Mm -hmm. Those are still the bad guys. These are still the good guys. Interesting that you say bad guys, Caleb. Exactly. Interesting that you say bad guys. Because I left the movie feeling I didn't feel bad. Uh, Okay. Maybe I I did feel confused. The way the movie portrays. So. Real quick, so the we'll just call them shadows. I feel like that's the only way. Um, so the shadows essentially there's an and then what will we call above ground people? Huh? Shadows are below ground people. They're the ones uprising who don't talk. I don't know. Just uh, let's call them above ground is normies. Normies, sure. So the shadows essentially chose. Uh, well, we should also say that each doppelganger has a name. Addie's name is Red, right? So we'll call we'll call her Red. So these these shadow people chose 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 Red as kind of like their leader in a sense. Like she she's also the only one that can talk, right? Mm-hmm. All these all these shadow people have like these they they communicate in grunts and like it's almost like a physical the way that a physical um, language, but she's the only one that talks. She talks, but it's like in a very like coarse, like graded, graded voice, which is amazing. Um, why am I talking about this? Hold on. Let me get my bearing straight. Right. Because what the movie does, essentially, it's basically a, I don't want to get too heady. And this is stupid. What I'm about to say, but like the movie, like one of the theme the under the shadow people are essentially just the like the the social divide in america right so like everyone that we just kind of like cast off don't even think about them that's who they that's like what they're supposed to represent right so in saying that who wouldn't want to escape that reality that life right who wouldn't want to basically have an uprising and kind of not take what's theirs but kind of just be like out in the sun, literally. That's kind of what they're doing um, by the end of the movie. So that's why when, when the movie ends, you're kind of like, yeah, like it is sad that she felt the need to swap. Or not felt the need, but just chose to do that. But at the same time, it's like it kind of was uh, was literally forced into this position. So it's very, it, like you do feel, feel, 
you do leave the movie feeling conflicted about this, right? Yep. Um, totally. Um, totally. No, it's great. And you're, I, it's perfect. Um, um, so thank you. Do you say I'm perfect? Oh, thank you. Um, so yes. And the first time you watch it, the movie does it on purpose, but you believe you're watching a movie about this good like addie's your hero yeah right. she's the good she's the mom who's trying to save the kids from the monsters right, right? and um and um that's pretty straightforward mm-hmm. and you can watch the whole movie that way and have a great experience and you get the payoff she wins right. uh, she defeats her evil in herself like kind of represents this like darkness and it she over overcoming yeah overcome. right mm-hmm. so it's like a pretty traditional like hero story fighting like evil until one wrench in that whole story yep. she wasn't originally the one she's the one she stole that life right she took it from underground addy so when you watch it a second time you start to question they're like wait a minute who are the good guys who are the bad guys because the more i'm watching this the more i'm like those guys underground are kind of the ones i'm rooting for right because they're the ones who've been tethered literally chained to these uh, bound people living their lives and they have to live this like holistic awful version of this above life like my whole life has been bad because of you and you didn't know it but that doesn't matter to me right and that to me is the most one of the most important themes of the movie it doesn't matter that we above ground didn't realize that there was a subjugated people underground there was a subjugated people underground who resented us and they want their freedom we were in the way of Hmm. that when you were talking about the subjugated groups in america his movies are extremely um, um, socially driven. There's no denying it's a central part of his filmmaking. And so to talk about his movies without talking about the social aspects is mm. like nearly impossible in my opinion. And real quick. So what I love about his movies too, is his ability to weave the, like, this is my word. I think, I think I'm going to incorporate it in everything weave, but he weaves the social commentary into genre storytelling yeah like like that's the best way for us to absorb this information i don't think that's true but like it's a really smart because a part of me feels like is he doing this on purpose of course he is because these things are on his mind yeah and he's he wants to he wants to not, not telegraph but like portray this in his movie Everyone well and how can you not express like your worldview and your art? Like at a certain point, it's going to come through. Right. But what he does is like his move because he's, how am I trying to say this? He weaves it with such a compelling narrative. It makes you help me. Caleb. So I think what you're trying to say is something I agree with. If you're trying to change my mind about something, it's called a persuasive argument. Oh, snap. Your goal is to come into my brain and connect with it and then change my mind. If you are coming in trying to change my mind overtly, humans instinctually reject that feeling. Mm. If I feel that you're coming into my space and trying to tell me how to feel about things, I don't care what you're talking about. My id, there we my go. shadow mm-hmm. is going to say, you know, back off. This is my territory. Right. I don't need you. Don't tell me what to think, how to think right, about movies right. or the world. Like if I want to think about mm. racial injustice, I'll think about it. Like I want to watch them. You have to trick people. Movies are manipulative. Right. Jordan Peele, like you're saying, does an excellent job of creating first and foremost a fun movie. Get Out is a great, exciting, exactly. scary movie. 
regardless of the social or political implications of its themes. Hey, real quick, you guys are getting educated right now. Go ahead. I mean, like you could pick uh, almost any blockbuster, but any movie that is going to try to force a um, a political point of view down your throat without first tricking you into liking that character mm. and feeling compelled. Because like the whole point is, if I walk in your shoes, I can understand what you're feeling. Right. Well, movie will let you walk in somebody's shoes more or less. It's a dream mm -hmm. and you get to dream another person's life. And so that's a really effective way of convincing somebody of a point of view. Mm -hmm. If you can show me through their point of view, what it's like rather than telling me and preaching and uh, trying to convince me just by saying, you really should be more tuned in on this. You guys, you guys are watching movies mm -hmm. and having fun, but there are bad things happening. Right. And it's like, well, okay, well I'm not movies. So like, what do you expect me to do with the movies? And that, but that's the cool thing about his movies, kind of like the the Green Knight too, um, is that you get so much out of repeated viewings. So like you said, like the first viewing is just a simple, not simple, but like a story of a family trying to fight for their lives, yeah. right? The more you watch it, the more you pick up on these little themes. This is intentional for this reason. He's trying to tell mm -hmm. me something. Yeah. And the more you watch it, you're able to pick pick up on that. Um, and I think that's why he's probably like from for me, he's like an amazing filmmaker. I yeah. Think. And like not even filmmaker, just a storyteller. Like he's amazing. Anyway, and, and you don't have to have a twist to make a movie rewatchable. That's the thing too. I thought even without the twist, this movie is still extremely compelling he like yes. he didn't need to do that he did that because he's an artist and like like he's able to and it uh, forces you to confront these ideas that yes, you have of you like oh they're good guys and bad guys and right. you're like and so he tricks you into thinking oh yeah this is a movie about good guys the and reason, bad guys yeah, exactly the reason he does that is to yeah, force, force you to question into, it. Thank you, Caleb. And exactly. And if he did it on the nose where he's like, oh, you think they're good guys and bad? Like a character's talking. He's like, you think right. we're the bad guys? Well, guess what? Then you're going to be like, oh, okay. Uh, but it's a much more effective way to make you realize like maybe there's more depth to the situation and more um, context adds a little bit of um, nuance to it than we first realized. And maybe everything in life, right. there's once we look at the nuance, we see that it's not so black and white. Bingo. Wow. And maybe in this chart. One detail I did pick up that was yes, kind of I fun. I have another one. I have one too as well. Foreshad tons of foreshadowing. A lot of foreshadowing. Of what's coming. Awesome stuff. Um, she stole a little girl's life and took it when she was a girl, right? Yes. When she goes back to the beach, her son is about that age. Yes. One of the things she's most scared of is her son yes. being taken and yes. swapped out just like she was exactly. or did to herself. Right. <laughs> In that scene, so there's she doesn't want to pull a her. <laughs> yes, literally. Yeah. She doesn't want her son to get hurt. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh there there's tons of coincidences that are happening mm. weird synchronicities that are happening in the world that are foreshadowing this like um there's a toy spider and a real spider crawls out just from under it when they're at the beach there is a towel yes, that's blue, i love that. circles yes. and a red yes 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 caleb perfect yes, yes. a red a polka dot blue towel and a red frisbee lands perfectly on one of the blue polka dots they're the exact same size and it's perfectly over it and they go, oh, that's funny. And they pick it up in the movie. The underground people obviously are represented by the color red. 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 And so that's a red circle Bingo. covering the blue one. Yes. 
there are certain times you actually see the blue, uh, the above ground families represented as blue. Like for example, in that scene, the uh, the frisbee, the blue, red frisbee covers the blue circle, and she gets disturbed by it. You could see Addie actively notices that and is kind of freaked out. So when by I it. first saw it, I thought it was just the fact that the 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 frisbee landed perfectly on it, and also the fact that a frisbee was just thrown. Well, at them. yes, yeah. But, so I was like, oh, okay. But now that you say that, it's the symbolism of mm. the underground people taking the spot mm. of the above ground people, right. and that freaked her out specifically. Because she was the red frisbee covering up the blue Bingo. circle. Yep. And now she's revisiting this. And now she's in a position. And this happens. I think this is a normal Rules thing for parents reversed. to deal with. Right. Where they're like, oh, I'm scared of my kid not. I'm scared of my kid doing the stupid stuff I do. Exactly. Right. And so yeah. I'm afraid my kid's going to get swapped out by the evil version of him. Right. The same way it happened to me. Literally, her son being the blue circle. Did you notice? Taken by the red do you notice any tells early in the movie about that like oh this having rewatched it now because i was i was watching a youtube video of it kind of breaking some of the down some of them down and i couldn't tell if those were just ones that they picked out because because um well for me i didn't watching that youtube video i didn't think that those were actual tells if If they were overreaching a little bit basically yeah Yeah. so there's a scene where they're list. They're driving to the beach house, listening to music in the car, and um, Addie turns to her kid and she's like, "Hey, like, let like keep up with the beat." And she's snapping, but her snaps are almost off. Did you notice that? Yeah. And that was the video that I was like, "Oh, maybe." I thought that was a little reaching, but but the thing that comes up later, which I want, I do want to talk about some of our favorite scenes in the movie yeah and that snapping comes up later in the movie to one of my favorite scenes where while they're battling their doppelgangers everyone else has their doppelganger uh attacking them as well right so their chaos ensues throughout santa cruz and we're assuming the world and they're getting away they've gotten away from their family they've they've killed most of their of the doppelgangers are driving this is in the daylight which i also should say real quick is that i like this movie a lot but all this like visually all the stuff that was filmed during the day was my favorite like there's there's something about how he uses color like you were saying with like the the red being um the representation of the shadow people like all that stuff just really popped uh in the movie and just like i like the way he uses color throughout his because he's kind of um he's a little little who else that uses color like Shyamalan or something like that doesn't he use but he like he he does it to like make it pop and I feel like Jordan does the same Mr. Peel excuse me does the same thing with his movies yeah you know oh yeah but uh but anyway so there's a scene like one of my favorite scenes is they come across uh, a car on fire and then what's the little boy's name do you remember I'm gonna look Eddie's son uh, Addie's son's doppelganger should i say pluto is the dark pluto, side name exactly so you see pluto who also has a mask a ski mask on and he's snapping his fingers to the rhythm or basically like recalling that well and that was scene. him trying to do the fire starter okay. right because there was another thing where he because the kid's always trying to get this trick he has like a little ring that does sparks if you hit it right and he can that's never get it to work movie, so he's right. always flicking it i thought that's what it was but it could be it could be yeah it could be both well, let's just, let's say it was mine, just so I sound smarter. Which I think it is. Okay, yeah, I, th- I think it was too. Um, 
No, but and but like just him like snapping in front of the car. It was just like really cool to look at, man. It was really awesome. And I that's the that. scene um where they have their final standoff, Pluto in the above ground version. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And that's, that's such a good scene. Oh and, and that's so also, sad. I was kind of confused about that because the um Addy's son, again, I don't know his name, basically realizes, oh, like I'm I can control my shadow. And he basically walks him into the fire, into the um, into the car that's on fire to essentially like, what's the word when you emulate himself? And, but then I was thinking, how does that work if that wasn't really done throughout? Like, if was, right? You know, that part confused me. Like, if if that was the case and he was able to do that, how come no one else was able to, not to figure it out, but just be able to control themselves? And I thought about this. I think um, that was his special connection with his because he did share a couple of moments where. Oh, you know, thank you, Caleb. Now I understand because there Which is. It doesn't. It might not make sense that they all don't have that connection. But he did, but he but he did he, for some exactly. reason. Exactly. So there's the a scene in the movie where him and his doppelganger kind of share like they're almost like mirroring each other's moves. You can see the above uh, the um, what is it? Shadow and the normie Pluto. Right kind of realizing that this other version of him just mimics him no matter what he does which does not remain consistent with all the characters jason jason yeah that's a weird name for a kid <laughs> i know when i heard jason like jason. i was imagining it like robbie or paul robbie. i don't know no that's a weird name for a kid i was too. thinking of um ian that's a good name one thing i noticed there's a few things and i wish i wrote them down we kind of talked about this i don't like taking notes during a movie I find it to just to be kind of distracting. Uh, right. What I've been doing, sorry. Actually, go ahead. I don't want to cut in. No problem. Okay. Thank you. Um, actually, no. <laughs> um, very quickly, when they get to the summer house, right. they're panning across the room while they're coming in. I think they're like, it's a shot of a mirror. Mm. And there's like pictures on the mirror. There's a picture of um, Addie's mom. And the kids. So it's Addie and the photo frame. Addie's mom and the kids in the picture frame. Yep. Okay. And the mom, the grandma, Addie's mom, who we realize by the end of the movie is not actually our main character. So it's her foster mom, basically, Um, is standing with the kids around her arms. And then Addie is left of them leading away. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's hinting that Addie doesn't feel comfortable with that mom. Mm -hmm totally makes sense on the surface level of the film because we can tell that her childhood didn't seem exactly. super great even right. this weird trauma mm-hmm. so maybe they just didn't have a great relationship but then finding out later she literally was a stranger pretending to like fit in with this family her whole life right and so her only real connection is with her kids because her two kids are the only ones in the whole world that she's literally family with. right oh. how come that's why like she's so obsessed because they didn't take i don't think it's real. It's a little long, or the second half of the movie, in my opinion, the third act, mm, yeah. or the second act. It is the second half. It gets a, it gets a little long. Like the I love Tim Heidecker. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. So good. I love so him. good. Dude. I also love so him. So Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss Moss yeah. play um, 
they're a family that the Winstons know. Or are they? No, Wilsons, excuse me. That, it seems like he's like a coworker, family friend, yeah, though. But the, they're, the they're. Dads know each other, right? And the the wives the wife begrudgingly commu- like talk. Yes, together, and but, it uh, seems like everybody hates them except for Winston, um, uh, the main guy. Right. Um, um, and even that, it seems like he's more interested in his socially than exactly. as a um, actual. They're not, they don't seem like good friends. No, no, no. But yeah, Tim and Elizabeth Moss. They're really, really great together. But I love because they also get attacked by their doppelgangers. Uh-huh. And um, Tim's doppelganger, whose name is Tex, I'm looking at it right now, which is very funny, acts exactly the way Tim Heidek. Did you notice that? For some reason, I think of all of them, he would like had. He was so. He his retained his, all of um, kind of the uh, mannerisms that Tim Heidecker. Yeah, yeah, it was so, so good. good. I loved it. It was great. He was he was awesome. Um, His shadow version is like one of my favorite um, lighthearted parts of the exactly. movie because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's so funny yeah. and when he's and it's still creepy. Like when he's when he keeps jumping into the squat yeah. while he's walking down the stairs towards. Um, it was almost like mining. Yeah, right. But yeah, lightheartedness. Him and again, I think Winston Duke. I don't know if I already, I think I might have already touched on this. I don't remember, but. Just, I feel like he was the analog for Jordan Peele in this movie. Like he was just Jordan Peele in the movie. Like a lot of his dialogue, I was. They also kind of like he had like almost like he has like the same beard, same glasses. I got like Jordan Peele vibes. Um, but he had he had some funny lines. I wrote some of them. There's a there's a scene where they're trying so they're escaping, their doppelgangers. They find a car, and they're all trying to figure out who gets to drive, and they do it based on kill count. Like, yeah, I yeah. Killed of them i killed myself and you like just in terms of trying to figure out who who can drive <laughs> they were going off that i thought that was great um what else what else okay so something i have in my notes okay um i did take notes while watching this not Chekhov's gun but i have Chekhov's big gem so if you what Chekhov's gun correct i get it okay explain to the audience Oh, okay, so Chekhov's gun, basically what it is, is like if it doesn't have to be a gun, but if like something like a gun appears in the first act, I think it's the first act, so somewhere in the movie, it has to pay off at the end of the movie. Got it, right? got so, it, okay. Caleb? A little bit of film school. I knew it. I wanted you to teach that. Oh, okay. Hmm. Did you not know what <laughs> Chekhov's big gun was? I mean gun. <laughs> anyway. I knew. <laughs> anyway, basically Jason picks up a big gem in the movie. And I'm like, what's he going to do with that gem? He ends up saving his mom with it. Regardless, I just wrote it in my notes. I thought it was funny. And he hits the twin that didn't die. Elizabeth oh, Moss. Elizabeth Moss. Also, yeah, yeah. Think, too, and they... she's attacking the sister at that point, right? The sister kind of gets jumped. Yes. Because the I... mom's handcuffed. And then the brother saves with the, yes. the Chekhov's yes. gem. Yeah. Also, weird thing. They don't. Do they die? Or Yes. They do die. Because there was a couple the, of things. The, that... the Tim Heidecker's shadow family. No, I just mean the shadows in general, because they're kind of like almost like they kill them, but then they come back to life. A couple there, there was a couple instances of that, so I was kind of confused. I think they die. They're just like um, they're just very yes durable and persistent. They have a much tougher um, disposition. Wow, deposition. That's a tough deposition. A couple things I also really liked about the movie. Yeah, I like the way. Yeah. um, I like the way he works music into his movies too. Yes. There was um I don't know I don't the, what's the song that I've got five on it. Um five on it I think. 
Okay. I don't. Who is that? I don't know. I don't remember. That that song is in the movie. It's really good. It comes back later in the movie. It's great. But he also threw um, throughout the movie. There's like a choir chanting. I love that. The choir part of the soundtrack gives me absolute chills when it first comes in at the beginning of the movie. There's a shot gets me every time. There, I think it's the. I think it's when they're first going to the beach and they're walking. There's like an overhead shot of them walking on the sand, and it's just the choir. It's really, really good. And it just comes out of nowhere. Oh, so good. And I love um, how Five on it becomes the um, yes. the basis for the um, the dance at the end. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's a great. That's also an awesome. That's what I have in my notes too about that scene where basically the end of the movie. There's a big. There's a scene. Well, not a scene, but like the end. The end set piece is the two is red and. Um, and Addy fighting each other. Yeah. Also, another thing that they kind of pointed out in the movie, in terms of like a tell that she was actually um, the shadow, the the shadow person mm-hmm. that was, was, that she knew exactly where to go to find. Because what ends up happening is the doppelganger, the shadow person, Red, ends up taking Jason, her son, down with her. Right. Mm-hmm. Like kidnapped. So that forces her to go find him, but she knows exactly where to go. And that in the movie, you just kind of think, you know, she's right, but she knew exactly where to Great go. Great point. Yep. And I was like, oh, of course. Because she'd yeah. know. Yep. You kind of think she's just like aimlessly running, but she's not. She like, <laughs> which is very, very cool. Um, but anyway, so there's a big set piece at the end. The two of them are fighting each other, Addie and Red. It's very, it's very choreographed, kind of like a dance sequence, and they show they also like inter intercut scenes of Addy and Red um, dancing because they're both ballet dance or uh, above ground. Addy or Red, this is it's my head hurts <laughs> trying to figure out which is which, but I love that scene too because the the fight scene is very ball- balletic. And then they obviously intercut it by showing scenes of Addy and and uh, Red doing ballet dancing. One's doing it like in front of an audience. The other one's kind of just doing it very underground. Remember that? Yes. I know you remember. With but, the dance? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Like really cool. I love that. that and that's too. the moment when she does the dance, that's the moment that the underground shadow people realize she's special. Exactly. And so her being from above ground makes her a chosen one below mm-hmm. ground because she has all these skills and abilities like speaking cool thing. Yeah. I was thinking about why she has a rough voice. She didn't talk underground at all. She, exactly. She spoke their language. Exactly. So she literally hasn't talked to anybody for decades. So mm-hmm. her vocal cords are so raspy because she's not using her voice. She's, she's talking like them, the grunts and the, the points and yells right. and, which I thought was a cool detail. I really want to rewatch it again, but just to see the parts of her that talk, just kind of want to see if there's any like key things that you're like, oh, wait, why would you, you know, like. So another cool hint, you were talking about hints or anything cool we liked. When she gets angry, there's a few times throughout the movie. Her voice kind of cracks, right? Yes, and she gets more guttural and she kind of goes, she sounds like what we realize Red sounds like at the end end of the movie. Right, but you Um, just assume she's like. She's just mad. Right, just That's how she sounds when she's mad, which is true. It just happens to be a hint as to her past. I really like Um, this movie, Caleb. Um, There's so much, so much. Um, Real quick, another note, sorry. So I kind of took, not, I kind of took notes in chronological order. And in my notes, I have shadows or assholes. Little did I know, Caleb, 
that by the end of the movie, I would be a little more conflicted, less black and white, a little bit more gray in the shadows. Uh, Caleb's looking at his computer screen. I told you I didn't want to do this while you were talking. talking This was literally you told me to do this. The cool thing about Caleb is that when you have a conversation with him, usually he's really engaged and he's a great listener, but when he gets distracted, you mean when you, when his, when he asks his co-host, if he can look something up real quick and the co-host insists that he can keep talking while he looks it up. And then he says, okay, fine. Don't throw me under the bus. (laughs) You're throwing me under. I'm well, you're not listening to me when I'm talking to you. Another weird thing. Oh, you're still looking. Well, I just need to find this one detail. Okay. That I'm trying to get one detail about this dance. I hope you keep this. That in. I can't Don't remember cut this out because <laughs> this is a indictment <laughs> on you. I don't know if we said this, but this is our first. This is our uh, first in-person record. Yeah, this is our first, which I think the energy overall is way better. Well, uh, yeah. My, I've I can criticize myself, uh, but I think this has been a huge success. Okay, here we go. Yes. So uh, you asked me about Drum favorite. Roll, please, Gub has finally found what he was looking for. Favorite parts of the movie. Yes. Um, so there's obviously um, a big theme of duality in this film mm-hmm. of like two versions of ourselves, literally in this yeah. case. Um, and um, the big dance at the end. So we talked about the soundtrack being awesome. We talked about five on it, um, which is by uh, the artist Lunas. Lunas, which I don't know if that's the right way to say it. It's a variation. They take that uh, melody uh, from five on it and kind of write it into a ballet um, song. Um, mm. According to the choreographer. Like an orchestrated, is that a word? Orchestrated version of it? Is that what they did? I don't remember. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. They, they, yeah, they put it to orchestra, melody. kind of make it a um, something that sounds more ballet, but it's the same melody right. and, and rhythm as yeah. five on it. Um which you can argue that's duality in itself, these two genres being combined. Um, this was a combination, a fusing together of Sugar Plum and Cavalier from the traditional Nutcracker right. mm-hmm. ballet. It is both the female and male parts in one dance. Oh, and interesting. And then distorted. And that's according to the choreographer, um, Ashley McCoy. Is that the fight thing that the... That's the that's the big finale fight it. scene. Is like um, when and it's really both... balletic. Is that a word? Probably. Sure. Yeah. It's hey. Guys. I understand what you're saying. It's a word. No. Yeah. I could. That's awesome. I did not know. I did not realize that. So the song uh, is called. And I, I'm not going to be able to say this correctly, but uh, "Pa Adu." Okay. Pa de do which literally means "step of two. Oh, interesting. And so this is a dance that is um, choreographed as a duet. Right. That is so awesome. I love that. And so uh, in in the soundtrack, the only reason I've connected this, the soundtrack, that finale song, which I listen to a lot because it's such so awesome, mm-hmm. um, is called Pas de Deux. Okay. I should have asked Becca how to say that. She took French in high school. Um, she would know. Uh, but just a cool, a cool little detail, um, about, uh, that finale. And you think it's just like a fun dance and stuff, but there's just like, uh, way more layers to it. And apparently the choreographer incorporated that into the choreography Awesome. where it was this dance designed for two people that was danced alone. 
as as being like part of the inspiration. That's really, really great. I love that. Yeah. So overall, um, I absolutely love this movie. I'm really, really glad that you recommended. I would have gone to it at some point. It wasn't on like my my high must uh, must watch list. Yeah. It was on it, but I'm I'm really glad I was able to able to watch it with you. Again, I think it was like I can. I, so I'm not a scary movie person. I don't really yeah. gravitate towards that. It is like very high tension, very tense. There are some like kind of brutal scenes. Yes. But like I said before, it's like, it's a nice blend. I think it, after um, after the initial kind of like home invasion scene, it gets a little comedic. Like there is not like slapstick funny, but like there are some like lighthearted moments throughout throughout the movie yeah so i think it again it's well balanced it's not like just a scary movie it's not just a th- I, I mean it is but there are no get out's a little bit more of a straight thriller like you're talking about where this this has that home invasion scene the initial invasion mm-hmm. um, that's that plays pretty straight uh suspense horror after that it is a it is a dark comedy mm-hmm. i think you're right um and this is i'm gonna jump on a soapbox um hope you can hear me from all the way up here now hey Um, caleb can you get off your high horse for a second (laughs) (laughs) sorry that was bad i would argue there are two true heirs to steven spielberg's claim of h-e-i-r-s h-e-i-r-s the the two people who are like truly continuing the tradition of spielberg blockbusterism which spielberg blocks blockbusters were um about suspense Mm -hmm. tension and 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 were borderline horror movies uh the great dramatic scenes use horror elements to convey uh effectively you know this this feeling um jordan peele is one of them especially after watching nope i think i you'd have a hard time denying that he's at least heavily inspired by Spielberg. Um, this movie in us, there's the great scene where um, Winston Duke's uh, shadow is caught in the, in the boat's rope and you mm. can tell where he is because there's a buoy hanging right. connected to him. A the famous scene sure. to hide jaws is they, they had the buoys so they didn't have to show the shark. It's almost like a reference, even, but I was going to say it's, it's a reference even if it wasn't trying to be, but then I, realizing the kid had a jaw shirt on i think jordan does it more i would i think jordan does it more in 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 like the genre story like i i would i see jordan peel as as an heir in terms of like they're both great genre storytellers Does yeah that make sense? yeah totally war of the worlds i barely missed this week on my movie list um i like, like that the movie. Sixth i think one. that's kind of an underrated spielberg movie Exactly. Thank you. Exactly what I, I you love. Know what? It, ha- that movie. it gets the Tom Cruise bad rap. Who I like Tom Cruise, but I actually think that is uh, a very underrated Spielberg movie. So good, um, and 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 just a big spectacle. You care about the characters. Tom Cruise is super likable. Um, the daughter is really likable. Whose name I'm blanking on. Um, um, is it a Fanning? Yeah, Fanning. Yes, uh, Dakota. But just something I really thought about watching this note made me think about it a lot. And so revisiting us, it, it's still, I stand by mm-hmm. it. Okay. So I, one of my last four was King of Comedy, right? Have you seen this? Yeah. Movie? Yeah. I've never watched it. Really good. Actually, I would say um, I kind of vacillate, good wording, uh, in terms of like which Scorsese movies I like. Also, I'm like really hyped for um, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's supposed to be like almost four hours long, Caleb. I'm excited to watch that with you. But I was interested in this movie. It's 
extremely good. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, Todd Phillips watches King of Comedy and makes The Joker. It's the exact same movie. I think people have said this. This isn't like a this isn't a nuanced take, but like after watching King of Comedy, and then knowing I didn't I didn't actually watch The Joker or like all of it, but after it's it's the exact same movie. Yeah. I I've heard that. So I haven't seen King of Comedy, but I know the story yeah. and you're, yeah, it's about a, a bad comedian basically who I would argue the bad part. I thought it was pretty funny, but that's the stories, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? Yes. yes okay, yes. good. I was like, cause I haven't seen it. So I don't actually, it's a great know. movie. I, I, I implore you to watch it. It's like not, um, I, the only reason I say that is because it, it directors, instead of taking influence from directors or movies, they like literally just make the same movie. They will cop. It's like um is this a director tangent. Should we have like a is this No, like- this is good. Okay. This is good. Um cuz it's a real thing. Um there are certain directors, there's a difference between being inspired by and copy and pasting from. Right. For example, Quentin Tarantino he copy and pastes, but he manages to kind of create a collage that is so unique. But I'm saying that it's no 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 yeah. that that it works. There are also directors who just, just take elements and they don't add to them. No, yeah. They don't use them and, and re-envision them. They don't expand on them. It's not a quick reference. They literally take the payoff and the point of that scene right. and then just use it. That's cheating to me. Oh, snap. Uh, anyway, weird tangent, but I just I, th- I do think the um, the state of directing today has gotten really uh, boring in general and like really lazy and there are very few innovators who are creating worthwhile content i'm gonna cut all this because i actually don't want this to be my vibe no don't cut it i like it i don't want to be too like like, hoity-toity film guy yeah but i'm also it's fine okay i'll see i'll see how i like it because also i I made some jokes that were pretty good so i'd rather use (laughs) you i see you can also keep this in so people know that you... I'll just keep your jokes out of context. <laughs> no, but if you keep this in, people will know that you're, like, feeling... At least aware. I don't want to be that guy. I just really... I think people... Sh- time shouldn't be wasted. And that's, like, where it gets to me, is, like, that these filmmakers spend all this money and they waste these talented crews' times. There's so much production design and concept art that's used. Real quick. Can I say something quick? Does it, does it ever blow your mind that you think, if they didn't use this money... To make this movie, yes, they could have put it towards something else. Absolutely, uh, I always think about. It. Um, okay, Caleb, I think it's time to read some reviews on us. What do you? Think? Yes, please okay. take the mic away. From no, me. Caleb, come on. <laughs> I loved it. So, what we're gonna do now? We're gonna use Letterbox. There's a review system embedded into the into the app, and I'm gonna read some g- bad reviews. I'm gonna I'm gonna read some good reviews, and we're awesome. gonna go back and forth. We're gonna have a little. I love it. You know, maybe maybe it'll bring up a a reaction from one of us. Okay. So I'm looking at the bad reviews and the rating system. You can go as low as half a star. You can go as high as a five star review. Okay. So we'll we'll start with the half star. This is these are half star reviews. Yeah, these people did not like this movie. And this first review, half star, from username Chicken Nug. 45 and they say not scary not new only thing iconic was the theme song ig i don't know what ig means instagram i don't know 
IG5 on it. Interesting. Oh, are they starting maybe. to talk about the theme song? Maybe they just did not like, meaning they're like, this is a classic song. They just did not finish writing the review. Um, and so I'm reading these reviews, and a lot the kind of the thread through all of them is people that didn't like it was because it wasn't scary enough. That's what I'm. That's what I'm reading. And again, I don't like scary movies. This was a perfect amount of scares for me. I, if I remember correctly, this movie was marketed heavily on the home invasion scene. Oh, interesting. And the family breaking in, yeah. which is like we talked about the most horror scene sure. of the movie. And so I can see if you saw that marketing and were thinking of Get Out, why you'd be a little bit like, oh, that's not what I thought I was getting. Yeah. So I, I get that. I res- I see it. Watch it again. Yeah. Hey, Chicken Nug 45, watch it again. Also, it's funny that you say watch it again. This was a repeat viewing. He's seen this movie before. Spoke too soon. I respect the chicken nug. I respect your opinion. Um, a lot of these reviews are in uh, Spanish as well. So this is another half-star review. Again, rewatched, And this is by user Josh9962. And they say, I don't know what was happening. Wasn't scary either. Again, see, that's what I'm saying. They don't like it because it wasn't scary enough. And then finally, from General Alien, I believe that's Jenner Alien. That's funny. They say, this movie could completely convince me of its competence in the first one minute, but then tore down every tiny bit of atmosphere, replacing it with pure cringe and bad acting. Jenner Alien could not disagree more. Yeah, that's a... Hey, here's a hot take. That's a bad take. Like, our main thing about this movie is Lupita and how well she played. I thought the acting was amazing. Now let's pivot. Let's look at, let's read some peop, uh, reviews of people that like this movie. These are five-star reviews. This first review from user named Jeremy, five stars. And they say, thanks, Jordan. I agree. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Jordan. Thanks, I'll take Jordan. this opportunity also to thank you for this movie and the all three of your movies. Yeah, thank you. Uh, this is from username paper ray five-star review lupita nyong'o is genuinely the best actor i've ever seen on screen respect respect Respect. so these are some of the best reviews some of these are long caleb (laughs) there are some essays pick a short short top review if we can and if not that's okay i I did like those short ones this is from user patrick this is a four-star review and they say Best use of good vibrations, maybe ever. <laughs> I agree. Too. That was, that was, yeah, that was a fun Lupita, scene. Jordan does does music very very well. Yeah, I agree. And finally, we're gonna end it with this, Caleb. This is by user Lucy. They gave it a four and a half star review, and they say it's been over an hour, and I can't think of anything else except whatever this was. Simplistically sinister. Maybe more comparable to something like The Shining instead of Get Out. I first thought I was somewhat unaffected, but now my mind is clouded with with a mild thudding anxiety that won't go away. This is ridiculously fine, tuned to creep under your skin without you noticing. I have to go to sleep now, but I doubt I'll have much success. Wish me luck. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Lucy. Great review. Well said. Hi, Lucy. Um, so... Basically, we could have summed up our whole review yeah, with that. I think so. Yeah. No, well said. And I like them. Um, I agree. I agree. This is one um, 
you can't help but thinking about it every night. It'll just pop up in my head. Yeah, a little earworm, mindworm. Um, well, Caleb. Yeah, that was awesome. What a great conversation. And now it's time for me to choose my movie for next week. And I'm I'm having trouble. I, I'm kind of. So did you think about it before? I want to know. Did you plan this? Or are you thinking about it on the well, fly? I'm kind of I'm caught between two movies. Okay. There's one movie that. As you notice, uh, as you noted earlier, I have a stack of movies from the library. Yes, there's a movie in there that I kind of want to touch on. I want to talk okay. about. And there's a movie that has just been on my mind for the past couple of weeks, uh-huh. and I really want to revisit it. I really want to okay. talk about it. And I feel like one is more, one is more conversation stimulating than the other. Okay. And should I just name both movies and we choose from there? No, absolutely not. Um, okay. You have to pick, but what we can do, pick one, put them in each hand symbolically, and let me pick a hand. Oh, this is going to be Unless, hard. And if you don't like it, that's how you know that we should do the other one. Does that make sense? Okay, hold on. I'm putting it in my mind. And I'm putting them so in my hand. So left hand, hand okay, assign hold on, hold on, one hold on, left. Hold on. Let me think about this, Caleb. Come on. Okay. Okay. Ian just picked his hands. He's mixing them up, so I don't know which is which. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. And I'm picking your left hand, my right. You're picking this one? Yeah. Wow. That was kind of the movie. See, this is interesting because this is the movie I wanted to watch. Uh-huh. I wanted to revisit. But I don't think it's the most uh, conversation. This is the one, then. Francis Ha. Yeah, perfect. Wow. wow. Bravo. Bravo. That's a fun movie. Should we tell you what the other one was, or should we just keep Yeah, I want to know. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And, okay, that would have been great, too. Those are movies I love. See, that's gonna that's a movie that I'm going to keep in my, for my back next week. pocket. It's tucked in there. I put it between my butt cheeks and my pocket. <laughs> so it's in my pocket. If we, want, if we do Once in a Time, we should almost just do a um, Tarantino Ooh, episode. That might be good. We just pick, it, like, four of them, and just, that might be fun. Francis Ha this week, okay. I think is perfect. It's lighthearted. It's fun. It's a nice. It's a nice palate cleanser to us. Not palate cleanser, but kind of a nice. It's a nice. It's a nice. Um, it's a. Yeah, it's a much more uplifting movie. Is it? I yeah. don't remember if it is or not. This will be discussed next week. Yes. Yeah, so we'll be watching Francis Ha talking about it. It's on Netflix. You guys can watch this movie. So just a heads up. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this. I yeah, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Let's do let's do Francis Ha. This is great. <clears throat> this is the end of our first in-person podcast. Not sure how the audio is going to be, so um, apologies again. Mm. Um, I know I promised that we'd never have bad audio again. I promises uh, were made. I promised lots of things. Yeah. yeah. And um, let us know if it was better, worse. Actually, you know what, Caleb? You don't want to know. Keep it to yourselves. Yeah. Actually, real quick. If you want to listen, listen. And if you don't, don't. Can I address the audience really fast? Guys, we would really appreciate five-star reviews. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple Podcasts. You can review us both on both services. We would really appreciate it. We are now people that know the ins and outs of kind of how the podcast system works. So the, <laughs> yeah. more, the more five-star reviews you get, the higher you kind of go up in the um, in the rankings. More exposure, basically, is what I'm trying to say. So if you guys can... Take some time. Give us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. You can even nice write something nice. You can write a review if you want. You can say, hey, that was awesome. Say anything. Exactly. You can be bad reviews too, I'll say. Well, no. 
I want to know. If you give us a chance to change your mind. Good point. Yeah, you can critique us, but then give us room for improvement. Like, give say, us I'm going to come back. and Right. You guys, you guys are extremely annoying, but I will. I will come back. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so if you can, five-star reviews. Also, if you can follow us on all of the socials, guys, we are on Instagram. Are we on Twitter? No, we're not. Will we get Twitter? I Probably know. not. I don't think so. But we are on Instagram. We'll be on YouTube soon. We'll have full episodes on YouTube. They're on uh, Spotify. They're on Apple Podcasts. Correct. Instagram is? Yes. Yes. Log it underscore pod. Log it underscore pod, Caleb, on Instagram. Follow us. You can follow me, my personal account. If you're ever so inclined, it's ian.lock, L-O-C-K-E. You can follow Caleb at F is for movies on Instagram. And Letterboxd. And Letterboxd. Same name. Thank you. Sorry. No, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Give me a second. <laughs> kind of fun. You can follow us on Letterboxd. Letterboxd. Log it underscore podcast. And then you can also follow Caleb on Letterboxd. F is for movies. My username is Ian underscore lock. Okay. So please follow us there. You know, my cousin hit me up. Said he loved the podcast. And he's creating a Letterboxd account because of us. How great is that? Letterboxd. If we're bringing people in, give us a hat. We will be getting stickers soon. They are on their way as we oh, speak. Yeah. Three designs. Two Jesus. designs. I got a different one. Oh my God. I did my own. That's amazing. So three designs. Caleb, I was thinking that we mail some out. Yeah. If you're an OG Instagram follower and Letterboxd follower, you can send us your address and we will mail them out. For sure. Um. Something to, and if you want to follow us, follow us on Instagram. Send me a DM, give me your address. I will mail you a sticker. And then, in doing so, put the sticker on your laptop, put the sticker on your water bottle, stop signs, stop signs. Send us a and tag us in it so we can post it. Guys, we need to get out there. Yeah, we're we're a baby podcast. We need to. Neither of us have um any inherited fault inherited followers right we're doing this from scratch what a joy it is to be yeah, talking, this was awesome to be talking with you about movies yeah. the goal is to keep improving and here's what i'll say to wrap this all up and probably not actually. i actually have another thing i need to add but go ahead i don't like spamming i don't want to ask for any favors but it's the nature of this game. So we, I just want to apologize, but we're going to have to ask you to like, and subscribe. We're going to have to ask you to review. It's the game. Yeah. I don't like it. You don't like it. We're going to keep it to a minimum. Yeah. We won't have to, if you guys just do it. Well, here's the thing you say, we're going to keep it to a minimum. I'm not, I'm going to say it every episode. Well, the minimum is the maximum in this game. Mm, If you catch my drift. Otherwise we're not playing the game. Good point. Caleb, one last thing before we sign off. Uh We would love listener-submitted questions. So if you have a question, hit us up on our Instagram. DM us with your question. Any question. Suggestions. Movie suggestions. Yeah, it could be movie or unmovie-related. I guess we we would prefer Probably movie, but literally if anything. Exactly. If they tried the way you chose movies, if they tried it at home. Exactly, yeah. Tell me what you think. Uh, or you can also email us. It's log it another movie podcast at gmail.com. That's again, log it another movie podcast at gmail.com. Email us there with any questions or requests. And Caleb, soon by the 
when we're like ready to go, we might want someone to come on the pod. Yeah. If you have a movie suggested that you're that you're very passionate about, you need to get something off your chest, you want to talk about it, get on our DMs. Yep. Let us know. And hey, maybe you can come on the episode and talk some movies with us. We do have a guest planned. This will be a surprise. We do. By episode five-ish. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. So we do have somebody who has reached out and wants to come on. Yes. We'll be joining. We're not going to spoil it, but we're very excited for that. So yeah, uh, we're serious about the fan engagement. Troll us. Like, honestly, it all is Positive good. Troll, Positive trolling, mm. if possible. Constructive trolls. Mm. Um, make me feel bad about some I should feel bad for. Um, what? That would be constructive trolling. I guess, but... No, we don't. Like, what that. if I was doing hard drugs and you trolled me about doing hard drugs That's and I quit? Point. Caleb, I'm worried about you, bud. I'm gonna troll you so you, <laughs> so you can see the error of your way. Uh, okay, Caleb, I think it's time we go. Yeah. We're meandering. Uh, this was awesome, though. Um, we'll be back next week with another episode. Our uh, movie of the week is Francis Ha. So you can watch on Netflix. Francis Hav. A great week and see you next time. Go watch a movie. Bye.